As we've been going through the letter to the Romans, uh, we have seen that Paul has been seeking to communicate and explain to the church in Rome and also to us as we study and read it today of the beautiful, beautiful message of the free grace and mercy that God has extended to us in Jesus. That the good news of the gospel is God's power to save and redeem sinners. And what we saw last week is that this this message of the gospel and the way to be made right with God is not connected to anything that we do. It's not based on your religious worship or your moral deeds, your offering, your attending church this morning, uh, any efforts to keep God's law, but it's totally and fully based on what Jesus has done and that the righteousness that Jesus provides is received and comes through faith. In fact, as we saw uh, last week, Paul says this, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Who is that message for? This message of grace, this message of mercy. Well, he says over and over, everyone, everyone who believes in Him will not be put to shame. He continues down in verse 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the most beautiful news that has ever been proclaimed to the world. And if this news is true, and if it's that good, then shouldn't it be proclaimed? and spread and communicated so that everyone would know that salvation comes through faith in Jesus. Let's see what, let's see what Paul, Paul says this morning as we continue on in Romans chapter 10. We're going to be looking at verses 14 through 21. This is on page 946, if you're in one of the black Bibles there in your seats. Again, Romans 10, verses 14 to 21. How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed they have, for their voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to the end of the world. But I ask, did Israel not understand? First, Moses says, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I will make you angry. Then Isaiah is so bold as to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me. 
I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. But of Israel, he says, all day long, I have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. Let's pray. Father, Jesus prayed to you that you would sanctify your people with the truth. He said your word is truth. We pray and ask this morning that you would use your word to sanctify your people, to live for your glory and your honor. May we see the beauty of the gospel. We also pray that if there are any here this morning who have yet to believe in Christ and call out to Jesus for salvation, that they would be saved. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. What we want to do is look at two things from this passage this morning. One is the need to share the gospel. And the second thing is the need to respond to the gospel. So the need to share the gospel and the need to respond to the gospel. And kids, if you want to draw a picture this morning, I actually want you to draw three pictures. I want you to draw three pictures of three different kinds of people sharing the good news about Jesus to people who don't know him. But there's one requirement. One of those pictures has to be of you. So three pictures of people sharing the gospel of Jesus, but one of them is you sharing the gospel, okay? And we'll hang it up on the wall. Bring it to me after church. So the, the need to share the gospel. Remember what Paul told us, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And this message is for everyone. That, that means that, that this message should, should go out. This message needs to spread. Everyone needs to hear this good news that God has announced. In fact, notice how Paul points it out to us about how important and necessary it is for the gospel to be proclaimed and shared. Look in verse 14. How will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? If, if everyone who believes in Jesus and calls on him will be saved, we need to recognize and understand what, well, like what Paul's saying. How will they call if they don't believe? And how will they believe if they, they don't hear? The gospel must go out. Because notice the the specific person that they must call on to be saved. It's not just some generic deity, Paul says. It's, it's not just some God out there somewhere. As, as faithful or as genuine as you may be in, in serving and follow Him, no, notice what he says. How will they call on Him in whom they have never believed? In order to be saved, 
you must call out to Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth. It is only if you call out to Jesus of Nazareth, the resurrected Christ, that you will be saved. If you, if you do not call out to him, it doesn't matter how faithfully you've lived in your religion, how many great works you've done, how genuine you've been in pursuing and following whatever God it is that you worship. Paul says you will not be saved. This goes for the Jews. It's genuine and with whatever zeal they sought to follow their God, if they did not recognize and call out to Jesus for salvation, they will not be saved. This goes for any Muslim. As genuine and as dedicated as they might be, following what they consider to be the God of Abraham and Ishmael. If they do not call out to Jesus for salvation they will not be saved. Any Hindu who may do great and marvelous deeds of mercy, or a Buddhist who cares for the poor, if they do not call upon the name of Jesus, they will not be saved. The same thing goes for uh, uh, a pagan in some far-off distant land who hasn't heard of the gospel, who's never encountered the message of Christ. It doesn't matter how faithful they've lived or how good they may seem to be or how much they may even want some God out there to save or redeem them and recognize their need for it. If they do not call on Jesus, they will not be saved, Paul says. And notice... That's what he says. It's not just the calling, but there's the belief. The belief in Jesus. Because you're not going to call out on him if you don't believe. That's what he says. How will they call on him in whom they haven't believed? Well, recognize the, the things that, that Paul has been communicating to us about what is necessary, about what we must believe in Jesus if we're going to call out on him. It's not just acknowledging that Jesus was an historical figure, that he existed. It's not belief and acknowledgement that I think Jesus was a good teacher or a great revolutionary who contributed marvelously and whose teachings has affected the entire world. No, what, what Paul has told us is that we must believe Jesus has been resurrected from the dead. We must believe and recognize that Jesus of Nazareth was no mere man, but he was God in the flesh who came and suffered to die for sinners. That's what Jesus taught. Jesus taught that he died in the place of sinners because we deserved God's wrath, and it was the resurrection of the dead that confirmed and demonstrated that he was who he said he was, and that he accomplished what he said he accomplished. And Jesus says that there is no way to the Father except through him. It's not just a, 
uh, assenting to some facts or some truths about Jesus. But we must recognize and believe that he was who he said he was and that we are in deep need of him. And that belief leads to calling out upon him and calling to him. Recognize that, that these truths of hearing about Jesus, of believing what the gospel proclaims about Jesus, it's not evident in general revelation. We saw this early in Romans, remember? By general revelation, what are we talking about? God's creation. Things apart from the scriptures. God has told us that the creation of the world, rightly interpreted, points to him. His, not just his existence, but his power, his might, his greatness. Reflecting on it recognizes we see our, that we aren't the creator that we are in total dependence upon Him. He is infinite. We are finite. But what does it not communicate and show us? The good news of the gospel, of God's provision for sin, through sending one who would suffer and die for sinners. It's not evident in the world. You will not get that information through sitting out in the jungle or in the forest or meditating on the beach. You must hear the good news of the message of Christ. It's not enough. This is why we recognize the need for the gospel to go out. For if general revelation isn't enough, it isn't sufficient, no one will be saved through what they perceive in the created world. That's what Paul says here. How then will people know? How will they understand? Well, the gospel has to be spoken. They must hear this message. And how, does, how do people hear the message? Well, notice what Paul tells us. How are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? The verbal sharing and communicating of the good news of the gospel of Jesus is necessary for sinners to come to faith in Christ and to call out upon Him. We, we see here that sometimes people say, well, what I want to do is just live out the gospel in, in deed through my actions to show people that I'm following Christ and who He is. That is great. We are definitely called to do that. But guess what your actions are insufficient to do? Communicate the truth that sinners are only saved through Jesus. It's no better than general revelation of what is demonstrated through trees and oceans and rivers and birds. People must hear. People must hear about Jesus. And in fact, notice what Paul says. And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? Do you recognize as we look throughout Scripture that in fact is what God has done? He's sent people. He's constantly and consistently revealing things about himself. 
We, we saw several years ago when we were going through the, the book of Genesis that Adam and Eve, in their sin, in their despair, and in their rebellion, how did they hear about the mercy that God provides a way for sinners to be redeemed? He came and he spoke and he communicated the message of the gospel with words. He has these words written down as he continues to reveal that good news message as God sent his prophets, as he sent his apostles and revealed his word, having it written down so that it can be passed on from generation to generation and raising up and redeeming people who would share and communicate this message. That's what God's always been in the business of doing of redeeming and saving a people, not just to deliver them from judgment and destruction, although that's a part of it. But from the very beginning, God has been saving people for the purpose of them communicating the truth of his goodness to the nations. Why did he save Abraham? I'm blessing you, Abraham, so that you might be a blessing and that the nations will be blessed through you. And saving Israel, that they would, through, through them, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation that would demonstrate and communicate, as priests do, mediating the true knowledge of God to the world, that people would hear about the one living and true God who works and acts and saves and redeems. We see Jesus doing the same thing. He sends out his apostles. One time he sent out the 12 of them to communicate and announce the good news message of the kingdom. Another time he sent out 72. Before he ascended into heaven, he told not just the, the apostles, but all of his followers to go. Go and teach. Go and communicate. Go and speak. Throughout Acts, as we see the gospel moving forward, it goes forth through preaching. Through God's apostles and other people standing up and proclaiming verbally that there's only one name under heaven by which men can be saved, and that name is Jesus. And through the preaching of the gospel, people came to faith. But it's, it's not just preachers. It's not just apostles and prophets. All, all of God's people have been saved and redeemed for this purpose. Remember, we've talked about this over and over. You aren't just saved from something. Your sin and God's just wrath. You're saved to something, a relationship with Him, but you are saved for something. In the words of the Apostle Peter, you've been redeemed and called from darkness into light that you might proclaim the excellencies of Him who's done that. This is true of all of us. In fact, the role of pastors and elders and teachers and preachers is to equip the saints for the work of ministry, to take this message of the gospel to those who do not hear. This is true for all of us. But we might think, man, this is weighty. This is, this is impossible. I'm not... I'm not eloquent enough. I don't understand enough. There's no way 
that I could convince someone to believe and trust in Jesus. In fact, you might think, you know this, Jason. Because when we sat down for an interview with you, we had a hard time even expressing to you what we believed about Jesus. I get it. It's hard. But guess what? You do not save. You do not save. It is not up to you to bring life. It is not up to you to bring light into darkness. What can you do? What can we do? Notice what Paul says. Look in verse 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Oh, who? Who can speak into death and bring life? Jesus can. We saw him do it, right? Lazarus, come out. And he came out. You ever spoken to somebody dead and seen something happen? No. But that is our call. That is our call to speak to the dead. Those who are spiritually dead apart from Jesus, that they might come to faith and life in him. And the only way that'll happen is if Jesus is active and moving. And so this must be done in prayer. This must be done in hope and in confidence that the God that we proclaim in Christ has the ability to save and redeem sinners. And guess what he does? In fact, this message that Paul communicates about the necessity of people speaking and proclaiming the gospel comes just on the heels of him proclaiming and telling us about the sovereignty of God and salvation. That is God who elects a people for himself and who shows mercy to redeem and save sinners. Without the sovereignty of God and salvation, there would be no hope in evangelism because there is not a single one of us who could convince anyone to come to faith in Jesus. But the sovereign God who speaks, and when he speaks, life comes. Jesus is at work, and our call is to be obedient and to communicate the good news of Christ. And Paul says in the letter to the 2 Corinthians that when we are speaking and communicating the good news of the gospel, of the message of Jesus, God is making his appeal through us. It's the words of Christ that save. And when Christ speaks to a dead heart, it will, it must, it always comes to life. Jesus is the one who does the saving. You see, this is why it's so important that we recognize and understanding our call to evangelism, of seeing the need of the gospel to go forth. That's why as a church, we seek to equip you through our evangelism training in the fall and in the spring to share the good news of the gospel of the message of Jesus. Because We've been sent out by our God. But if we're not preaching, Paul would say, if we're not verbally communicating and sharing the gospel, 
then people won't hear. Your neighbors will not hear the good news of Christ. And if they don't hear, they won't believe. And if they don't believe, they're not going to call out. This past week, I ordered this thing here. It's a, it's kind of like a toilet plunger, but for your mouth. To, if you get food stuck in your throat, to stop choking from happening. There's a little mouthpiece that fits on it, and if somebody's choking, you put it over their mouth and then plunge, 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 and it sucks the stuck thing from in their throat. So let's say you, you have also purchased one of these, and you have this tool in your house that when somebody is in great danger and is hurting and is needing saving, it's there. And you walk in and you see somebody laid out on the floor choking. And you have this tool, but you don't use it. Why would you not use it? Why, if you have the means of providing what is needed to deliver, would you not take advantage of it? We know the gospel. We have the gospel. The Holy Spirit is at work in us, and Christ has called us to send us out to communicate and share the gospel. May our tools not grow dusty on the shelf. May we regularly and intentionally be praying for our lost neighbors. Grieving and knowing that if they do not call out to Jesus, they will go to hell. That's what Paul says here. It's not an excuse to say, well, if they're the elect, God will save them. No. God will save them. But guess what? God is determined to save his lost sheep through his people sharing the gospel. We have the privilege. Do you get this? The privilege that God would use us to share the good news of Christ to those who are suffering and dying. May we embrace this privilege. May we be those who boldly go out with beautiful feet. Do you think your feet are ugly? Start sharing the gospel, Paul says, and they will become beautiful really fast. That's what it says, right? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But, but notice, it's, there's not just a need to share the gospel according to this passage. There's a need to respond. There's a need to respond to the gospel. You see, this good news, is, it's, not, it's not merely a message. It's not... It's not just a promise, although it is. It's not a suggestion. It is a command. It is a summons. That's what Paul says, right? Look in verse 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. You recognize it? That Jesus is Lord and King? We've all rebelled against him, and in his mercy and his grace, he comes and he says, repent. Repent and believe. 
Call on me and you will be saved. Indifference to the gospel message, ignoring what Jesus communicates and shares through the gospel, is disobedience to the high king of heaven, Paul says. You see, we are all deserving of God's wrath and judgment. Prior to hearing the gospel, we're all under condemnation because we've all rejected him. We, people aren't going to hell because they've rejected Jesus and the offer of the gospel. We're going to hell because we are guilty and we are sinners before our God. That enough, that's enough to condemn us. But once you hear the good news of the gospel and you reject Jesus' command to come and experience grace and mercy, it's further condemnation. You're, you're even more culpable for your rejection against Him. Here, this morning, Jesus speaks and commands and offers and says, Come to me and you will be saved. But notice there's a need. It doesn't work automatically. If it did, I could just ride up and down around Elizabeth City with a big speaker on my car reading the gospel of Romans or sharing the two ways to live gospel outline. And anybody that those sound waves moved and touched their ears, then they'd be saved. No, that's not how it works. You must respond. Because notice, notice what Paul says. Because remember, the question that we've been seeing is, <clears throat> what about Israel? Have they not heard this good news message? Why are the, the Gentiles coming to faith so, in such droves, and yet the Jews are rejecting it? Have they not heard it? Notice what Paul says. But I ask in verse 18, have they not heard? Indeed, they have. For the voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to the end of the world. Here Paul is quoting from Psalm, Psalm 19. And he's speaking about God demonstrating His glory in creation. Then it's evident everywhere. But as he moves on in the psalm, he talks specifically about God also giving His Scriptures his law to Israel. And just as the good news, just as evidence of God's existence and his glory are demonstrated all throughout the world, the evidence and the truth of the gospel has gone to Israel. They have heard. Well, maybe they don't understand. Maybe, maybe they've heard, but maybe they just haven't understood. It hasn't been clear enough. Notice what Paul says in verse 19. But I ask. Did Israel not understand? Well, first, Moses says, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I will make you angry. Then Isaiah is so bold to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. Paul is telling them that from the beginning, from Moses and all the way through Isaiah, all of the prophets have been proclaiming this message that God will save apart from the law. 
The law keeping isn't necessary. It's believing and hoping and trusting in God's promised one. Here, God already told him, this is going to be true of the nations. I am going to give them the good news of the gospel. And nations who did not have my law, nations who did not seek me will be saved. Israel knew it. They understood it. How do we know we un- they understood it? What does Paul say the response is? They will become angry, he tells us in verse 19. They will become jealous. How dare God do that? How dare them save people like that? Look at what I've done. They reject the good news message, seeking to make and establish their own righteousness. Remember, Paul's been proclaiming this. But it's important that they see and recognize and call upon Jesus Because notice what it says in verse 21. But of Israel, he says, all day long I held up my hand to a disobedient and contrary people. Hearing the gospel is not enough. Understanding the implications of the gospel is not enough. There are plenty of people who can pass a test on these facts. It's not reading comprehension. It's submitting to Jesus. It's calling out to Him. It's trusting and resting in what He can do, and we can't. And if we turn our ears away, and if we reject what Jesus is offering us in the gospel, Paul is clear here that we are being disobedient and contrary to Him. Are you here this morning? Do you hear what your God is saying? If you've yet to place your faith in Christ, do you hear what the gospel is saying? As clear as Paul states it, you cannot be saved through anyone else but Jesus. If you reject Jesus you will suffer eternally before a just God. But in His grace and His mercy, today, today He says, if you come to Me, if you believe in Jesus, and if you call out to Him for forgiveness, you will be saved. Will you come to Him? Do you see? Do you hear His love? Do you hear and see this genuine offer of the gospel to you? If you're rejecting Him, I have to ask, how much do you hate yourself that you would not turn to Him today? How much would you hate this one who has such love for sinners that He would die on the cross to redeem us from hell? To reject Jesus is to reject the only means of salvation. Would you turn to Him today? Let go of your rebellion. Obey your gracious and merciful King who says, if you come to me, you will be saved. If you're here this morning, you've already or one who is believing and resting and trusting in Jesus. 
Hear again what Paul says. Jesus sufficiently and eternally saves those who believe in him. It's not based on your works. It's not based on your evangelism. It is based on Christ and only Christ and what he has done for you. How beautiful is this message? May we believe it. May we share it for the glory of Christ. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for the gospel proclaimed to us in the scriptures. Holy Spirit, we pray and ask that you would open up our our eyes to see, our ears to hear these beautiful things that are in your word. May we see more and more how incredible the gospel is, the privilege that we have as your people to be sent out as those who share it. We pray and ask that those who do not know you today would come to faith in Christ. Amen.